0: with all of- We could ever sing You're worthy of all the praise We could ever bring You're worthy of every breath We could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above us the only one who could ever say. have passed away, but your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we thought were dead are breathing Song. Jesus, we love you. Our hearts adore. So I
1: is a sweet fragrance to our Father. He loves it. Um, Before Pastor Angelo comes up, I want to remind us of our our, um, form of offering, our tithes and offerings. Also a form of worship. It doesn't stop when we stop singing here in this building. It continues. Um, And so in this aspect, it's giving, um, which supports all the things that we we do, and it's also obedient to our Father's heart. So there's that mailbox. It looks... That's the one outside. And our giving box is different, but it, it's still in the building. It just looks a little different. Um, the website, I can't read that writing, but there it is. And the church app. So Pastor Angelo, come save me <laughs> from this microphone. <laughs> I can't see you, so it's fine. Are we going to worship? We're still worshiping. We're done.
2: <laughs> Are we done?
1: Do you want to be done?
2: Do you guys want to be done?
1: Are we still going? Could this?
2: Could we possibly be doing interactive church? All in favor of singing one more song. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, coming off of the offering. This, the, the words to this bridge that we just sang, it says, our affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus. That's the way we posture our heart. That's the way we give when he's asking us to give. That's the way we sing praise with our songs or our instruments, whatever that would be. That's the way we say nothing but we just give him the the thoughts in our minds. So as a church, we're going to pour our affection and our devotion onto his feet for just a little bit longer.
0: God, our hearts adore our hearts adore.
2: Lord, I ask that you would help us move those beautiful lyrics those beautiful voices, Lord, move that through our bodies, through our spirits. Lord, I ask that tonight when we have dinner with our families, that adoration to you would be present. Lord, when we show up at work tomorrow, Lord, that there would be adoration to you. God, when we go to bed, when we wake up, when we do whatever it is that we do in our normal lives. Lord, we ask that all of us, our minds, our will, our emotions, our bodies, our calendars, our checkbooks, would all adore you. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated Come on, give somebody a high five. Feels like a high five energy. Come on. Just a little bit. Just. Thank you so much, Kayla. Come on, can we say thank you to Kayla? Thank you. Um, it is, it is fun to be in church this morning. Uh, Pastor and I were talking last week, and, and he just said how much he missed singing with the church. And I was like, oh, dude, now that you mention it, last week singing with the church was so awesome. And he was like, really? And I said, yeah. In fact, it was so awesome. There was a point where, and it happened again this morning. Pastor, we love you. There's a point where just the energy in the room and everybody is just singing their heart out like it's just so amazing. And he looked at me and he thought, I thought, hmm, what are you thinking? And he just thought, thank you for that. <laughs> but you're welcome. I'm just happy I could help. But it's just awesome to be with all of you. You're smiling. Most of you are smiling. I can see most of you are, smile to somebody. Come on, turn to somebody, smile. All right, and because it's October and Halloween is coming, give somebody a spooky look. <laughs> just a spooky look, not for Satan, for Jesus, for Jesus. Just to be clear, okay. Um, we're, we are off track. We are off track. So let's just focus in Luke nineteen. Luke nineteen. We are talking about supper time. We're talking about eating and drinking. And who likes to eat and drink? Come on, yeah, right. What's What's your favorite dinner? Come on, somebody shout out. What is your favorite meal? What was that? Madicotti? Okay. You're going to, Christine, can you guys make that? And Joey, can you guys make that for me? I'm inviting myself over for that. What about anybody else? Raise your hand. Just we. Clams. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to come over to the walls and have some of that. What was that, Sadie? Ooh, pizza, pizza. Come on. Who likes a good slice of pizza? Come on. Well, we're talking about eating and drinking, and not just eating and drinking for the sake of delicious food, not eating and drinking like the Food Network or Martha Stewart or what's another famous food person? Rachel Ray? Is that a food person? Yeah, that's that's... Okay. Um... Not just for the sake of eating and drinking, but specifically zeroed in, focused in eating and drinking as followers of Jesus. What does it mean to eat and drink? What does the meal time have for people who are focused in on following Jesus? If you're here last week, we talked a little bit about how Jesus is constantly inviting, constantly inviting. Everybody, hey, come follow me. Hey, come follow me. Hey, come follow me. And and as Christ followers, what does it look like to eat and drink? So we're in Luke 19, and we're going to kind of finish off where we, we landed or start where we finished last week. Luke 19, if you've got your Bibles, come on, open them up. If you got your phones, open them up. Um, click to Luke 19, verse 1. Now, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. Good for you, Zacchaeus. We all dislike you. And in fact, a lot of other people disliked him in his day and age, okay? So, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd Um, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. Verse five, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. I must be a a guest in your home today. How many people are comfortable inviting yourself over to somebody's house? No. Absolutely. How many people just love it when people are like, hey, I'm going to come over to your house tonight. Oh, really? Are you? Because we're Americans, and our home is our castle. Amen? Come on. And the drawbridge is up. It's painted Christmas red. Okay? And there's maybe a star or a wreath on it. But, but our house is our castle, Right? So, if somebody said, Hey, Pat, I'm coming to your house tonight. And Pat's like, Okay, give me a couple hours. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that in America, our house is our castle? But if you go into a more Hispanic culture, my house is your house. Isn't that interesting? i married just an amazing, beautiful woman who is Hispanic. And the the culture of just like, everybody come over. And I'm like, babe, I don't want everybody to come over. Stop. I kick people out of my house regularly. Sometimes when my wife's friends are over, (sighs) Late, late into the night, no one is awake, okay? I mean, it's 9 o'clock at night and I'm like, come on, get out of my house. Sometimes just pick her up and I say, you guys can stay here, but we're going to bed. (laughs) Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house tonight. Jim, I'm coming to your house tonight for dinner. Pat, I'm coming to your house for dinner. Brooke, Bruce, Dana, I'm coming over. I know where you live. I'm coming over for Jesus. <laughs> what if Jesus showed up and, and said, Hey, I'm coming over for dinner? I'm coming over for dinner. Would some of us be a little bit scared, right? Jesus Jesus is, is constantly inviting. He's constantly inviting you to come be with him, and he's constantly inviting him to come be with you. This month we're doing this fun thing where we're inviting you to follow Jesus in eating and drinking. We're calling it supper time, and we're saying, hey, on Sunday night, why don't you carve out a few evenings in October? Every Sunday night, carve out just some time to sit at a table and eat some food with your family. And how many people did it last week? Okay, a few people, that's awesome. I got some feedback, all right, and we're gonna address that here in a second. If, if if Sunday is not possible, if you work, or for whatever reason, Sunday's not possible, pick a evening, any evening, and just say, hey, we're gonna, as a family, the people who live under this roof, we're gonna sit down, and we're gonna eat a meal together. Do you know, one of? and we're just gonna just, Step away from the Bible here for a second. Do you know that over 50% of Americans eat most of their meals alone? We are plagued with loneliness. We are plagued with loneliness. Carve some time out. Sit down with your family. Eat. And I also want to say, if you live alone, and you're like, yeah, It's going to be, you know, me and the puppies. Be like Jesus. Invite yourself over to somebody's house. And you laugh, but I'm not kidding. Be a good follower of Jesus. Be like your rabbi. Be an apprentice of Jesus. Invite yourself over and say, hey, sis. Hey, bro. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. I'm coming over for Jesus. You just put it in the text. Zacchaeus, he said, come quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And so we are, we're meeting just for the month of October, hopefully later, but inviting you to do that with your family. Sit down, and, and Pastor Mark did something that was amazing, and he doesn't know that I'm going to use him this morning, but last week he said, hey, I'm excited, I'm really thrilled to do this, but like, what's the purpose? Like, what are we supposed to be doing how many people like a purpose? You like to have, like, some direction, okay? How many people have eaten before with your family? And it didn't go so good, <laughs> right? And you're hoping that maybe Jesus will redeem and save this family thing, okay? But, and we're going to do that every single week, you know, today, next week, and the following week. We're going to have a, a direction for you. We're going to have a purpose for you. We're going to have something that you can kind of just set your sights on and say, okay, tonight, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to discuss. This is what we're going to talk about. This is the thrust of tonight's dinner, okay? And so um, we are going to flip over to John, John 1. We're good uh, apprentices of Jesus. And so this week, how many people have ever heard of the Last Supper? Yeah? Yeah? How many people have ever, you've probably seen that super weird painting. Has anybody ever looked at that painting before? Like, you could probably recognize it really fast, but have you actually looked at it? It's weird. The the faces, the way that things are arranged, are just like, this looks like the most awkward dinner party of all time. Okay? Anyways, just my opinion. But We've got the Last Supper, and we're actually going gonna to be focusing on the Last Supper next week, okay? But this week, we're going to be looking at the thing called that I call tonight's supper, right? Because, because there was the Last Supper, and then there have been suppers since, right? Has anybody had dinner since then? Yeah, good, good. The answer is yes. So what am I supposed to do tonight? As a follower of Jesus, what is my tonight's supper supposed to look like? What does is, what is communion look like in the Bible? We have resorted uh, a whole thing that actually the church used to call a love feast to a shot glass and a wheat thin. And so I think that it's it's a good idea for us to maybe move back towards what Jesus was doing and move maybe a little bit away from the efficiency of of what we call communion as a church, all right? But before we do that, I need to just get you centered on being a follower of Jesus, okay? John 1, John 1, and we're going to start in verse... 35, John 1, verse 35, and, and the reason why we're going to be talking about this and reading this story is because a lot of us are awkward when it comes to spiritually leading our families. Come on, I'm, I do this for a living, okay, and I had to practice for like two months before preaching this whole series. Sometimes it's a little bit awkward to lead our families. Sometimes it's a little bit unpleasant. I had a mom who was like, hey, so um, how many times do I have to do this before it's not terrible and my my kids don't hate it? And I said four, four times. And then your kids will be cured. (laughs) Jesus, we are really counting on you. And so as we move into spiritually leading our families, into following Jesus, eating and drinking, what does it look like to sit at a table with Jesus? What kind of, what kind of energy does Jesus bring to the table? Verse, John 1, verse 35. The following day, John, this is John the Baptist, okay? He was a prophet. He was baptizing people and he was telling them that they were all going to hell unless they straightened up and flew right. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. So John had disciples. People who were following him, they were like, hey, man, this guy's got it going on. He's a great preacher. He dresses funky. He eats bugs. I mean, this is as granola as it gets. So John had disciples. Verse 36, as Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look. There is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Apparently, John wasn't preaching a lot of loyalty in his group. Because John was like, hey, look, there goes the Messiah. Hey, look, there goes the guy that has the answers. Hey, look, there goes the Lamb of God. And the John's homies were like, all right, later, John. We're so sorry, John the Baptist. (laughs) When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Verse 38, Jesus looked around and saw them following. I almost, like, picture Jesus rolling down through the town and is like, who are those creepy dudes that are following us? (laughs) Right? How many, you've, you've been followed before, right? And you're just thinking, am I in the middle of a Jason Bourne movie? Has that car been following me for a long time, or is it just my imagination? So Jesus stops. He waits for them to catch up, and he says, what do you want? Literally, he looks at somebody who is following him, and he says, what do you want? He asked them. They replied, rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come and see. First thing out of Jesus mouth is a question. The second thing after that is not an answer. Jesus, you have created the universe. You have passed, you I mean, you made physics, okay? You you understand algebra. You understand everything. You know everything about everything. How come Jesus is constantly not giving anyone an answer? I want you to read through. Read through the story about Jesus. Jesus has way more questions than he has answers. So sometimes when we see somebody who is leading, our thought is, ah, that's a leader. They know what they're doing, and that's not true. Emphatically not even close to true. When somebody is in leadership, we look to them and we say, ah, they have the answers. I'm going to ask them, right? Ah, they're going to mentor me. I'm going to ask them the questions, and they're going to give me the answers, and I'm going to do the thing, and then I'm going to be successful like them. I know that this is how most of us think because of the success of movies in America. I want you to think about your favorite movie, favorite all-time movie, absolutely, go ahead, close your eyes, all right? Think about your all-time movie, think about the hero, the person who is, you know, that you connect with in their story, and I want you to think for just two seconds, is there a mentor in your story? Probably. Has anybody ever heard of Yoda? Has anybody ever heard of Obi-Wan Kenobi? I've ruined movies for you. But every single person, almost to a disgusting fault, all of our stories have a, a character, and they find some problem, and they can't fix the problem, and they're in despair, and then a mentor shows up. And the mentor fixes everything, and the mentor changes the direction of their life, and the mentor has the answers, and the mentor is so wise. We expect people in leadership to have all the answers. So, you're gonna have dinner with your kids, or you're gonna have dinner with your family, and you're gonna read a scripture, and they're gonna say, What does that mean? And you're going to make something up. I know from experience. Right? But, but our leader, Jesus, our rabbi, the creator of the universe, our leader, who had all the answers, who had all wisdom, who knew everything, chose to ask questions. Instead of casting judgment, instead of making statements, Jesus was constantly asking questions. Do you think that Jesus didn't know what these dudes were doing? Do you you think that maybe, just maybe, after he heard John yell, hey, Jesus, you're the man, and then John's disciples started following him, you think that he didn't know why they were following him? Do you think that Jesus didn't know where he was going? Jesus didn't say, oh, we're going to the Motel 6. Actually, we're going to Zacchaeus' house tonight. Do you think that Jesus did not know? Jesus did know. But instead of telling them, Jesus made it kind of a game. He just said, hey, let's be curious. I want my followers to be curious. I want them to be curious, and he did it compassionately. Curious compassion. Come on, if you're close to somebody, come on, just give them a little hand squeeze. Come on, just just reach your hand. It's okay. Joey, Pat, come on, this is good, this is good. Did we just get an amen for that? What is happening? You know, I like the compassion. That's good. That's good. Our rabbi was a curious guy. Our rabbi built into his teachings constantly asking questions, asking questions, asking questions. When he, if anybody has the answers, could have just said no, yes, no, yes, this, that. But Jesus chose to be a curious person or rather to build curiosity into his followers. We live in a day and age when literally I'm a smart aleck because people are like, hey, I wonder what the word auspicious means. And we're like, oh, well, if only there was a way for us to know. If only we all had little devices that could give us all the answers of the universe. But sadly, we do not. And we will never know the definition of auspicious. No, we live in a day and age where we get to know everything immediately. We live in a day and age when if the internet doesn't work, we get like super upset because we have to know the answer. Chill out. It has to come from space, that information, okay? It's going all the way up there and then coming back down. We can wait. Anybody get super irritated when, like, the blue line on your browser, like, goes, and it stops? (laughs) Can you imagine if Jesus, they were like, hey, Jesus, where are you going? Come in." It's uploading. See, Right? We're so impatient. We just want to know the answer. Right? How many people just wants you just want to know the answer? That is not part of the culture of Jesus. Absolutely, instant gratification is not part of the culture of Jesus. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Do you think that you could eat a meal tonight or sometime this week with your family and not give anybody an answer, but rather be like your rabbi and ask questions, I'm part of a uh, soccer club out in Warrenton, and we are, due to some fairly obnoxious humans, we are doing a thing next week where there's no cheering allowed, except for clapping. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, yes. He gets it. He gets it. You're invited next Saturday. And people were talking this last Saturday, and they were like, oh my gosh, this is going to be crazy. And I co-coach with a guy who is amazing and wonderful, and I just kept telling him, hey, buddy, next week, you're just going to have to keep those thoughts to yourself. And he's like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I just can't. they got to go. Up the line. Up the line. And the third and fourth graders are like, up what line? I don't even see a line. Has it ever occurred to you that some of the things that we say at church, nobody understands because they don't make any sense? He was yelling He was yelling at these, <laughs> at these kids, and he was like, step two, step two. I'm thinking about my son, Liam, who loves to dance, and he's like, step two. Okay, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I... In, in just a practice of self-restraint, I'm going to invite you to not give your kids any answers. When your husband says, what, 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 what is this? Say, I don't know. What do you think it is? Well, we all know that's not true. You do know. Wives, you know. But we're just asking you to restrain that knowledge. Okay? Okay. When you're kids, just ask good questions. Jesus was a great question asker. So, and and I just I just have to say this one last thing with compassion. I don't know. I don't know if I have ever read a story where Jesus looked down at somebody because they asked a question. I don't know that I I can see Jesus, after reading over and over and over again the life of Jesus, I don't know that I can actually see Jesus kind of like being a little snooty. Oh, you don't know the answer to that? Jesus was always like, hey, let's learn. Let's learn about the Father. Let's learn about the Scripture. Let's learn about the Holy Spirit. So, Fast forward, you guys are all gonna be super curious and super compassionate tonight, right? Okay, so we got an amen for Pat and Joey holding hands, but not for being curious and compassionate. We're gonna be curious and compassionate tonight, right? There we go. So uh, flip your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11. Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to a church, and the church is growing, and the church is excited about Jesus, and the church is, is meeting together. They're constantly meeting together. It's awesome. And wouldn't you know it, there are a few problems. And so Paul is writing to them, and this is probably the most used scripture when it comes to communion, that we, we, we tend to just read it, close our eyes, eat the wheat thin, down the juice, and say amen. But I'm going to ask you to just get a little bit curious about it, okay? At dinner, you're going to be sitting down. You're going to be enjoying something. Um, It's going to be amazing. It's going to be exciting. You're going to be excited because you didn't work all day. It was a simple meal. Can I get an amen for a simple meal? Come on. I, I think... I think that if Jesus was living in the 21st century, he would say, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over to your house tonight. And Zacchaeus was like, awesome. We have frozen pizza, okay, or pasta. Which one do you want? Okay. So here we go. 1 Corinthians 11, and I'm going to ask you tonight when you meet with your family, you're going to set out your meal, you're going to sit down, you're going to take a breath, And I'm going to ask you to read this scripture to your family. Maybe have your family read it. Okay? I had my beautiful daughter. She's so amazing. She's like, Dad, 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 can I read it? And I was like, yes, you can. This is amazing. Verse 20. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. Okay. Hot take. Right off the bat. Thank you, Paul. And I really want you to keep this one. I want you, don't don't skip down to the, you know, the, the typical one. But I want you to start on verse 20. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. Isn't it interesting that when we sit down and we slow down and we, we eat or we spend time together, the more time that you spend together, the more is revealed. We can all... Be nice for an hour and a half on Sunday morning. It is correct. You guys are all being super pleasant. <laughs> but what happens, okay, when you pour the pasta out and you burn your hand because you got steam all over it? You, we all know that it's a little bit different living with someone versus seeing them on Sunday morning. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you, hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. No. How many of you have kids that just start feasting before anything real has happened? Right? There's food on the table, and we are devouring it like savages, For some of you, hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. Verse 22. What? (laughs) Don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? And the church said... Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. There's accountability when we spend time together. There's accountability when people are greedy. There's accountability when when people are acting outside of the model of Jesus Christ. Verse 23, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to, it, thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Stop. Does anybody have any questions? No? Carly's good. Awesome. Come on. I want you to, like, just pull back and just, and this is going to sound terrible, and Pastor Andy, I just don't mean it. But act like this is not the Holy Bible. Act like this is not, not something that is absolutely just not to be questioned, not to be examined, not to be inspected at all, but I want you to just think about a dude who writes to a church and he says, hey, you guys suck. You guys are greedy. You guys are the little girl in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory that's just shoving her mouth full of chocolate. You guys think that that's a good thing? Absolutely not. he says, then I'm going to give unto you what Jesus gave to me. Which should prompt us, well, what did Jesus give you? It sounds like Paul had a conversation with God about this. Okay. It goes on. He says, this is a new covenant, which means there was a, well, gosh, I wonder what that was. I wonder what the Old Covenant was. We're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. But do but you see what I'm doing? At every turn, it's a story. At every turn, there's something extra. At every single verse, there's a bookcase that if you push on it and you inspect it, it pops open and there's a hidden room back here. The Bible is so full. And we just skim right over it. How many people have ever skimboarded before? Right? Yeah? Dangerous, and you don't do it anymore, I bet. (laughs) But as Christians, we skim over things, and we're like, awesome, all right, take the bread, take the cup, bam, 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 I'm saved, yeah, woo! But there's a whole bay out there that has high spots and low spots and channels. And I just love driving across the Young's Bay Bridge. I just love watching the gill netters. And it's so fascinating to me. There is so much going on that most of us never think about. We think, oh, it's windy today. Oh, it's low today. Oh, it's high today. Oh, there's something red in there today, right? There's a ton underneath the surface here. Let's get curious about it. Do this to remember me. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. Is that me? Is that you? Is that us? Are we his people? I don't know. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Hard stop. Like Halloween fake blood or like real blood. Because without any context, this sounds very cultish. Right? So parents, cultivate some curiosity in your kids. What, does it, what is Jesus even talking about? This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. (laughs) Do this to remember me as often as you drink it? I mean, is anybody looking at this scripture with new light and thinking, this is a little creepy? You are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. Whoa, 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 hard stop. But we're not Catholic. Jesus is not on the cross. That's not what we're doing. Why are we announcing the Lord's death? I don't know. Why don't you figure it out? Um, On the website, do do we have those pictures? Yes. Can we give a round of applause? Come on. This picture... Literally was sent to space this morning, and it came to rest here in our computers. And now it's going back to space to everybody who's out on Facebook. So this is an amazing wonder. All right. Now, if you go to our website, which is newlifeastoria.com, in there, if you just scroll down, there's a section that says table gatherings. Click on that, and you're going to get this super cool, trendy, awesome templates okay that we borrowed from somewhere okay and it's just gonna walk you through and we invite you if 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 you're you know kind of not really sure and you need a guide who here says yeah maybe I need just a little bit of a guide okay I have just started running and I apparently am too old to just run by myself so now I listen to Nike global coach Joe Bennett and he's wonderful, um, and it's just a just a fun little guided run, and it really helps. And so we're doing this guided thing. Um, the the first one just says tonight's supper time, gathering around a table. Jesus invites us to supper time. Um, just a little bit on that, and then the second part is specifically for First Corinthians eleven. Um, make dinner something simple. Can I get an amen? Make conversation curious and compassionate. Come on, can we get an, another amen? And down below, you're going to see just some information there and then some bullet points, some questions. Um, If you're not a naturally curious person um, and you just want to eat your food and ask the questions, we do it. That's the whole reason why we made this. And then make connections. Take it slow. Take it slow. I'm so grateful that Jesus decided to not go into ministry when he was 12 years old. If you read the story of Jesus, Jesus was 12 years old. He was at the church. He was at the temple. And he was doing a really awesome job. He was wowing all of the lawyers, all of the people, all of the pastors. Everybody was like, whoa. And then the Bible says that Jesus basically disappeared for 18 years and he grew up. In favor with God and man. That he grew up physically. That he grew up emotionally with wisdom. It took 18 years. We get one sentence that describes 18 years. That's just not the American way, right? Why, why would we, how could we possibly plant a, a tree that is not full-grown? We will pay the extra money for a full-grown tree, right? that's not the way of jesus and the point is not to be a christian the point is not to be an american the point is to not not to look like everybody that we go to work with and everybody that we see at church the point is to look like our rabbi jesus take it slow you don't have the answer tonight well done like well done Sit with the tension of not knowing why Jesus was talking about drinking blood. Sit with it. Don't give your kids an answer. Don't answer it for yourself. Don't, you know, sneak off to your journal and be like, this is why. Just sit with the tension. (sighs) Take it slow. Take it slow. Can we get that up? Just, sorry, one more time. Sorry, Derek. Take it slow. There are some questions for you as a spiritual leader following um, who can smile the longest at the table. As I'm getting older, my eyes are drying out faster, so we do smiling contests. What are three things, what are three things you are happy you have in your life right now? What smells and tastes good at your table? Do you think that Jesus was just like wolfing down his food and be like, all right, off to the next thing? Or do you think that Jesus laid down on an Italian Renaissance couch (laughs) and ate? Probably somewhere in the difference of those two. This one I love. Who can help clean up? Mm. I feel the spirit on that. Just glory in the house. How do you feel about proclaiming Jesus' death until he comes again? This might have caught you off guard. This might have, you know, seemed challenging. This might have you discouraged. This might have you really excited to have somebody clean up after you. I would invite you to just wrestle with those. Wrestle with that stuff. We're not here to perform. We're not here to, you know, to have like the best dinner table ever. We're not here to make Instagram-worthy meals. We're not here to brag to our friends. We're not here to do anything except follow Jesus. Jesus was constantly eating and drinking to the point where they said, hey, we think that your rabbi might be a glutton and a drunk. Yeah, that's pretty close. Pretty close. Hey, Jesus just walks around all the time. Yeah, super chill guy. Super chill guy. Until he makes a whip and flips some tables. Then he kind of loses it. But he does it for the Lord, so it's okay. We're following Jesus. We're inviting you to follow him. We're inviting you to follow him. We're inviting you to be curious like Jesus. We're inviting you to share a meal with your kids, to share a meal with, I don't know, whoever it is that you want to go eat at their house. If you don't have somebody to eat a meal with, seriously, I give you permission to invite yourself to somebody else's house and to eat their food and drink their drink. Some of my favorite people I do that to. Why do you think they're my favorite people? Invite yourself over and be like, hey, would you guys mind if if we cracked open the Bible and just read this super cool story while we eat your food for Jesus? Come on. Let's break out of the mold because it's obviously not working. Let's break out of the mold. It's not working. We are plagued with anxiety. You want to talk about the statistics in America? It is depressing. And you're like, oh, but, but Christians. No, Christians suck just as much as the rest of the world. Christianity, what we have dubbed as what it looks like to be a Christian, is not working. It is not. You know it, and I know it. Following Jesus, that works. You think, Angelo, it does work. I know people in this church who it's working for. That's because they're not focused on what everybody else is doing. They're focused on Jesus. And Jesus says that I have life and life abundantly. If you read it in a different translation, it says, I have so much life. I have life that you could have never imagined. Some of us cannot imagine that our marriage could be happy. Some of us could not imagine that we would like our children. Some of us could not imagine. Can we be honest in church this morning? Some of us could not imagine what it looks like not to be absolutely depressed every single moment of our lives. Some of us cannot imagine what it looks like not to be reminded of grief and sadness. Some of us have never known a life where we did not cuss at or flip somebody off while we were driving. How's your Christianity working? Come on. All Jesus is saying, hey, come have a meal. Well, that's not going to work. Watch it. Watch it work. I'm inviting you. Watch your kids. In four weeks of meeting together and focusing on Jesus and being curious and being compassionate and talking about drinking blood, like it's, it's going to be a good time. For you. I've already had the discussion with my kids, so I'm on the other side. Would you pray with me? Lord, we invite you into our homes. Lord, we accept your invitation to come into our homes, just like Zacchaeus. Lord, we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Lord, we are sick of exploding on the most important people with anger. We're sick of being depressed. We're sick of not realizing the promises that you have for us. Lord, we are excited to follow you. Help us to be curious. Help us to be compassionate. Lord, as we focus on what you did for us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, you're awesome. I will see you guys next week.